Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. hungry for adventure do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns don't bother rolling perception pal we've got you covered behold dungeons and doritos nerdy shows epic tabletop audio drama a cinematic serial of mayhem filled morally questionable quests at dungeonsanddoritos.com the following program is presented by The Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 135. I am your stupid, awesome analyst, John Starr, and with me is the hard man with our opinions, Andrew. Hi. And our king baby duck, Evan. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches, and I guess I am the Evan again. Because <laughs> you are now on the other side of Skype. Last yes, I am. Last time Andrew was on the other side of Skype. Anyways, so this episode is... Conmon! Conmon! Because, uh, again, we are on our way to the road to Anime Boston, and we celebrate every year by talking oh, about it should just be here stuff. already. <laughs> it should just be here already. Um, it should be here already. You see, like... I, I'm also doing PAX East a weekend afterwards, so there's a lot of conning that I'm going to be doing. We're doing a wedding the weekend afterwards yeah. in New York, so it's going to be busy. Yes. It is. Wedding con! <laughs> Speaking of which, today we're talking about the people who don't go to cons. We're talking about the people who you might see around cons, but not at cons, the normies, and how people should act around them. That's a very yeah. important. That's a very important lesson because people don't know how to do. <laughs> they that. They don't know how to do that. <laughs> so uh, this might especially be... the ones that are way too deep in the character. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, yeah. This might be a video, or sorry, a podcast oh, for yeah, you. It's a video. <laughs> it could be a video someday. Yeah, it could be a video. Like we could revisit it sometime in the near future as a video. Before we get into that, let's talk about some music. Some music? Man, we yes. have... These past couple of weeks have been so hardcore musically inclined. Yeah. That, yeah. uh... Well, we should we should make the note that we should say that, um... That con month doesn't just mean convention, but con as in concert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Apparently, because we... Yeah, this is strange. Like, 
Oh, man. It's just, like, so much to take in. We met... Let's start at the beginning. We met Andrew W.K. <laughs> yes, upon we the release, met the Party King. Upon the release of his new CD. I gotta be honest. I was surprised that it was actually him. Yeah. Because when, <laughs> when they were like, oh, yeah, he's going on a signing tour. Like, it wasn't a music tour. Like, he wasn't... He wasn't going to be playing any music. He was just going to stores around the entire United States just to shake people's hands and sign their CDs. I was like, it can't So wait, be. wait, wait. Were you thinking that it was going to be just a guy in a foam costume of Andrew W.K.? Well, I mean, there is that Andrew W.K. conspiracy. The night before we went to go see Andrew W.K., I actually had a dream that we went to Newberry Comics and it was exactly the Andrew W.K. conspiracy where it was just like a bunch of people signing the album for him. And, and like, they were just dressed as Andrew W.K.? Yeah. Are I, you talking about the Mike Steve conspiracy? No. I'm talking about the Andrew W.K. conspiracy that the guy who we know and see as Andrew W.K. is Andrew W.K., but Andrew W.K. is more of a feeling than a person. So the reason why he has so many shows that happen at the same time all around the United States is because there's not just one Andrew W.K. It's a bunch of people that do Andrew W.K. shows. There's a South Park episode that does this, but with Slash. <laughs> huh. Like, this is why Slash is doing so many concerts, because Slash is like the Santa Claus of the rock and roll world. Well, and, and see, that's why, that's why I, I always thought of it as if Andrew W.K. was like Blue Man Group. You know, so so there's Blue Man Group shows that happen all around the world, but they only advertise that there's three Blue Men, and it's the three guys that created Blue Man Group, and they do all yes. the they do all the advertisements, they do all the interviews, they all do the all the live appearances on TV. But there's actually like I don't know, like 18 Blue Men that rotate yep. all the time. Yep, uh, and that's because there's multiple venues that play every night. Yeah, and and that's basically what Andrew WK is. He's the one who actually writes the music, and he's the actual one that sings the albums. But he's not the one who does the concerts and the shows. That's, well, we that's could, the Andrew WK conspiracy. We should bring this up with him, because he follows us on Twitter now. That's true. So we could we could ask him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, he follows me on Twitter, too. Yeah, like, that, that was pretty amazing. So exciting. That we, Andrew WK gave us something special for Hardcore Anime this year. Oh, yeah, great. which you'll get to see if you come to the, hardcore, you go anime to the hardcore Anime panel. Yeah. This year, you'll get to see some Andrew WK. And, People are, uh, like, shocked that he agreed to do this, by the way. Like, everyone yeah. that was in line behind us were like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's so cool that he just did that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um... And it was. He was the coolest. It was. Ever. It was so cool. And then, uh, and then he followed us on Twitter, like the Andrew WK with a blue check mark next to it. Follow, followed us on Twitter, and he <laughs> the said the real that, Andrew WK, and not he, the Santa Claus Andrew WK. What did he say? He said uh, a wicked party with wicked anime, Evan, triple triple wicked party, triple wicked party was... with wicked anime, King Baby Duck Evan and Tyler of Abstract. Yeah, yeah. yes. Which, by the way, you got these guys got to finally meet um, the host of Abstract Japan, Tyler. Yeah, which is another great. Uh, J-pop and Japanese music podcast show that I highly recommend. He plays stuff that's different from my stuff, so it's not like you're getting two repeated shows. You're getting two different perspectives of the Japanese music scene from two different podcasts. And if anything, he's just a really cool dude. Yeah, he is. Oh, so he go, is. So chill. go support his show. Yeah. He's chill. He was cool to hang out with. I don't know what it is, Evan, but good people just gravitate towards you. Sure. I've never yes. met, never, you've never introduced us to somebody that I didn't like. I'm still the best person I've ever met that has met you. <laughs> well, I do my best not to hang out with shitheads. So. 
That is a good rule of thumb. That is a good rule of thumb. I think it is the rule of thumb. Don't hang out with dicks. Don't hang out with shitbags. Don't hang out with assholes. <laughs> there you go. Because you might become one. Yeah, through osmosis, just like they start sucking on your brain, just like, and then you're yes. you're you're a jerk. Okay. All right, who else did we see that very same day, very same night? Was uh, the best band on the face of the planet, uh, Sabaton? Yeah, and and that was the best. It was it was amazing. It was. I know we've seen Sabaton before, but every time I see a Sabaton show, it's the best Sabaton show I've ever seen. Can I say that I want someone to make a Sabaton like G.I. Joe styled anime series? <laughs> that would be oh, incredible. Oh my gosh. That is such a good idea, Evan. Holy yeah. crap. I'm actually wearing my Sabaton shirt right now. One of the ones that I bought at the concert. Draw you should draw that up. Yeah, yeah, I should, and then send it over to them and become famous. They kind of like do a Sabaton like anime like 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 Gundam Sabaton or something like that. I don't know. I kind of liked your like the like the classic G. Yeah, like Joe. the '80s Saturday. Sabaton. Yeah, see, Sabaton could totally be an '80s Sunday uh, Saturday morning cartoon. That would be so cool. Like the like the Chuck Norris adventures or yeah, Mr. or T show Street Fighter the animated series. <laughs> Street Fighter the animated yeah. series. You know, I I got bored and I made a ninety second version of Ghost Division, which would be the perfect opening theme song for it. Well, Ghost Division is just an amazing song, so... Oh, it is, it, but it, like, that's, like, always their first song that they play when they walk out, because yeah. it's, like, their theme song. Yeah, that's their star song. Well, I mean, and, and the, the band that was playing with Sabaton was Creator. Which, um, I, I, I know you guys aren't really big into thrash metal, but, man, I thought they were amazing. Well, see, I thought it was fun, uh, but they weren't as good as Sabaton, uh, right, and they, I, I enjoyed it, but I found towards at the end, I was just like, okay, like this is cool and all, but Sabaton's next. And then, <laughs> um, but the song that they started out with was really great. Like they had, they had a really good show going on oh, when they blinded the audience. Yeah. When they blinded the audience, <laughs> their stage setup was crazy. It was backlit the entire time and, with huge led lights. And I really liked the whole persona of like. You gotta hate everybody. You gotta kill everybody. Satan is real. Satan's madness is taking over you. And then I was just like, hey, thanks for coming to our concert. Yeah, thanks, at, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> at the end, they brought up the house lights and we f- saw their face for the first time. They played for an hour and a half and we saw their face for the first time yeah. after they played their show. And they were like, hey, thank you. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just a well, that, it's, it's their way of like just pulling back the curtain and saying, hey, we're just here to have fun today. Yeah. Uh, Which I was actually doing some research, and they've been around longer than Metallica. Yeah, yeah. They're they're an old, old band from Germany. They're, they, they've they yeah. been playing since the 80s. Mm. And then 82. And then who else played before them? Syrah. Syrah. They were good. Yeah, Syrah's a band. Syrah's a band that's made up of a bunch of ex-metal bands from other bands. So like the lead man is used to be one of the singers for Amaranth, which I love Amaranth. They're, I think they're really good, uh, but he's not he's not in Amaranth anymore. He's doing Syrah, and then one of the guitar players is the lead guitar player or ex lead guitar player of In Flames. Mm. I don't know how many people on our show like metal, but I do, so I know all, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I don't know who else is. All I'm saying is I could have watched the full set of their stuff. They were fun. Yeah, no, Syrah was great, but they basically played their first album because they only have. One. one album. So, <laughs> yeah. but, but their first album was really good. Uh, especially the song, uh, I think it's like message message or something, uh, something message. That's a really good song. And heart rage, heart rage is a really good song. So 
give them a shot. They're pretty fun. They've got some really yeah. good composing stuff going on. Uh, so that was that was our that was that concert, right? And if you haven't, please listen to Sabaton. They are awesome. There's actually a YouTube link where you can watch the first half of the concert because they recorded it. Yeah, yeah. You at know the, what? I'll put a link in the description for at that. At the, Bo- the Boston House of Blues. Well, and then what? What was next? Yeah, we. Uh... Yes. So I finally got to introduce John to Skinny Lister, who are a band that I've been really good friends with for the last five years. Yeah, and it was a. It was a. They put on a really. Like, they were a very energetic band, and the way that I, I described it is they have the persona on stage the same way that we have the persona during the Wicked anime, hardcore anime panel. Like, it's just, you know, in your face, like, I cannot, I, I could not get enough of, uh, who, who's the guy who plays the accordion? Um, well, that would be, um, Max, the brother. Yeah. Um. Maxwell Thomas. Okay, so he's the brother. They're like, we're yes. gonna folk you up. <laughs> um, he was so in, like, in your face, but in a good way, in a fun, upbeat sort of way. Like, have fun, have fun. Like we're having, and that's and that's the the energy. Especially that when I got he started from. like crowd surfing during the John Kanakanakatulare. Yeah, I know, and I I held him up during that, and he was me sweaty. too. He was very sweaty. Yep. <laughs> It's a good workout being in a folk punk band. Yeah. So it was it was good. It was a good time. Except when we and Evan, when you and I got a whole human dropped on top of us. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> when I realized this is getting a little bit rowdier than usual. Like, because I've been to Skinny Lister concerts. I've been when they were the headliner. And I've been when they were, like, opening up for Flog and Molly, Dropkick Murphys, and Frank Turner. They played with the trifecta of big-name folk punk people. Yeah. And... Normally, at Ski Lister shows, I mean, it gets, like, crazy, but the worst that happens is just everyone's dancing. This is the first time I've actually seen people, like, mosh pitting or crowd surfing. Mind you, there was a time when their stand-up bassist, who, it's a new guy that's the new stand-up bassist, but the previous guy would crowd surf with the giant bass while playing a song. That's crazy. I saw him, he he lifted up the bass and and he was playing it over the crowd. Which yeah. is a strength check enough in its own right, but then, but I can't imagine playing and crowd surfing that. That would be just too much. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to the former guy because he's still great friends with the band, but he got really homesick of Hawaii. Uh, Michael Camino, who actually has another really great band with his um, siblings called Hell Caminos. Yeah, but uh, what did you think of the uh, opening act, uh, Will Varley? He himself is a very entertaining personality and I loved watching him play on stage, but I wasn't a fan of his music. Okay. So fair enough. I, I, I was kind of the same way. I, it, it's weird. I loved his banter. Yeah. But I found his music just to be okay. He was playing his songs and because it was just him, by the way, Victor and I called, like we were like, a, he's going to be, um, he's going to be alone with an acoustic guitar on stage. B, he was going to be drunk and C, uh, he was going to be sad. We got the acoustic guitar and drunk part right. He was not sad. He was very happy. But he was playing his first song, and in the middle of it, he stopped and he was like, excuse me, could you turn down the reverb on the mic? I want the slap back, but I don't want the reverb. I don't want to sound like I'm trapped in a well. 
And like, then he just keeps on playing his song. <laughs> and he kept doing that the entire time. Like, there was one time where he forgot a, a, to sing a verse, and then he was like, I'll. I gotta go back and then like it was like I messed up sorry I messed up your video he pointed at like that and then he kept playing his song like it was it was funny like he was a really entertaining dude and he was like communicating with the audience while he was playing and he was like mm-hmm. uh, and he, he had like this revelation where like people in the audience were actually singing the song he's like I've never seen that before I was like this is the, the greatest show that I've ever played um, and he's like it's really gratifying to see people like singing the words to your songs with you because uh, I've never done that before. And, yeah, like, it was just a good time. There was one part where he passed a $5 bill from the stage back <laughs> to the bar to get a shot of Jack. And so, like, so we passed the five back, and then we passed a Jack back up to the up to the stage, and he took a and shot. And he was like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, that was really effing fast. And then he, uh, and then he took it on stage, and he was like, ah. Oh, Okay, so jack shots here are like three times the size that they are in in England. Really? Yeah. Okay, because like, because like they have the normal size. Because I have a shot glass, so they're tinier in England. That is weird. So, uh, so we we eventually talk about anime on this podcast. Yeah, and to do that, mm-hmm. we'll ring the news bell. Oh, we actually have news. Yeah, Evan's got some news for us. He did all the news work this week. Ringing news yep. bell, bell, bell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Jeez. So, in celebration of March 6th, which in Japan is known as Younger Brother Day, uh, there was a poll that was held that listed the top characters that fans wanted as their younger brother. What statistics? Let's statistics. Woo! So, we got... We got your run-in-a-mill sort of meh kind of characters like Kirito from Sword Art Online. Okay. Or we also have someone like Elfric Alphonse or Fomel Alchemist. Yeah. We have Conan Arugawa from Detective Conan. We actually have Shoyo Hinata from Haikyuu. And we have Belle Cranel from Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon. But can you guys guess who took the number one spot as the best younger brother in anime that everyone wants as a younger brother. Mm. Uh, Sasuke Uchiha. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, is, it, is it someone more recent? Yes, it is someone more recent. Oh my gosh. Is it, uh, is it actually a little brother, though? Like, do, it, Are they a sibling in anime? Yes. Okay, so it can't be Deku. So it's, Interestingly so, enough, there are no characters on, from My Hero Academia listed on this list. That's because okay. they're all... They're all single. No, Ida Kuhn's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, So. Oh, yeah. So it's somebody who's a younger brother in a more Mm -hmm. recent show. And are you positive that we've seen the show? I am positive you have seen the show. Rats. (laughs) I'm going to sound dumb. Um, Boruto's an older brother. Is it Boruto? Nope. In fact, no one from Naruto or Boruto is on this list either. That's, That's surprising. I don't know. Who is it? No, hold on, hold on. Let's think about this. Let's <laughs> don't give up. Don't be a quitter. When I say the name, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, why didn't I think of that?" Is it this season recent? Yes. Now we're playing twenty questions. <laughs> is it a person, place, or thing? It's. What? Is it well, smaller than a bread box? <laughs> uh, I give up. Do should I reveal the answer? Yes. Yes, please. All right, so the number one pick for the character fans want as their younger brother is 
Kotaro Kajimba from School Babysitters. Oh, um, that makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't see, even think of that either. I, I, see, I, I said, next you'll say, I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, it's it's like it, it, having having uh, Kotaro as a, a little brother is just like having a puppy. <laughs> like, that, it's just like something I don't know, that... man. He's a, He looks like a lot of work. I don't know if I want to put that in. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can't I just have Hirato, and then he can just go be comatose all the time, and I don't even have to worry about him? <laughs> it's like, he's still, he's still got a pulse? Yep, alright, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> don't be having no virtual sex now. Uh, <laughs> Sword Art is, is so trash. Me- is so mediocre. Okay, so... It is so, so mediocre. <laughs> and and I, know say that, but... I know fans hate it when we when we bash on Sword Art, but... It just won't die. I mean, they have a new season coming out next month. That's another one based in the gun realm. And I'm like, please stop. A new Galgun one? A Galgun. You mean Gungale? Gungale, yeah. (laughs) Gungale. Okay, listen, I would watch more if it was Galgun that they were playing, but... I would too. (laughs) Well, I wonder what girl they're going to introduce that's also going to have a crush on Kirito. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Apparently, this is actually a new... Like, uh, uh, it doesn't look like... Kirito's really involved with this one. Doesn't matter. Interesting. Uh, well, and uh, did you guys hear about the new Sword Art Online game that came out? The Fatal Pulse? Yeah. One that is a, you create your own character and play Gun Gale Online. Yeah. I actually was kind of interested in that. Well, you know what? The funny thing is the game actually looks kind of fun. Well, it, it looks kind of along the lines of Earth Defense Force. Yeah, right. So. But that game is fun. Yeah, so that, well, I mean, that's why I'm like, oh, uh, hmm. I might want to try that because I want to see how I fit into the Sword Art Online story. Because Sinon is my favorite Sword Art Online character, and and that game's like, oh, we're in Sinon's game, so let's go hang out with Sinon as my creative character. I don't know. It'll be a fun distraction. <laughs> Anyways, so Kotaro is the younger. Sorry boy. for making fun of Sword Art Online again. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, back to the topic at hand, it's funny that, uh, it, it wasn't like Taka or something. Nobody would want Taka, but, <laughs> but to be honest with you, that's more what having a little brother is like. So just, just so you know, who Taka, Taka, which one's Taka? The one with the sword. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Okay-chan, why did you hit me again? Child because abuse. you deserve to be hit. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never felt like hitting, no, hitting never. my little brother. That's not, that's just, that's just weird. And I feel old, very, should... I feel very uncomfortable every time that happens. Yeah, I do too, yeah. actually. But it's, it's a very good anime, especially because he it cries is. every time afterwards. It's like I, my weakness in life is little kids crying. Like, yeah, because they just don't straight understand. Up. Straight they up. just don't understand why mm. what's going on. It's just like, I feel so bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who would you say is your favorite out of the kids in School Babysitters? Oh, man. Uh, who's the little girl who always has, like, the... Kieran, yeah. She's... Uh, she, if if she's I could have a daughter really, like her, it'd be amazing. Yeah, she's really cute. But I would say... I would say Taka because he's got the hottest mom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and for some reason, it's so funny. Like I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not an older woman guy at all. But anime moms always win for me. I think, I think whenever anime introduces a hot anime mom, I'm all about it. My favorite mom is the mom of the twins, <laughs> the blonde-haired one. Yeah, 
she is quite fetching. Yeah, no, uh, I think Kieran is is really cute because I just, I really enjoyed, this is kind of like a what we're watching kind of discussion. But, <laughs> no, um, I know it is. But I, I always, I always think it's so funny, like, like that whole scene when she tried to fly as a witch and then she jumped off and she got saved but then she started crying and he couldn't figure out, is she crying because she's scared or is she crying because she couldn't fly? Yeah. And that is such a realistic way to look at it because it never tells you. Yeah. And that's just the right. way that little kids' minds work. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing because you can uh, imagine like this kid did something scary and they didn't achieve what they wanted. They're going to cry. Yeah. And yes. And uh, like an, uh, us adult rational thinkers were obviously going to be like that. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's bad. But this little kid just didn't understand. And she, so her first natural reaction was just to cry. That and show, the, dude, that show is awesome. And then they f- immediately follow up with the school headmaster secretly being the best caretaker of them all. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and and they did that in the most recent episode as well, which was so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like how she's just like, she's, she's so amazing. She's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that episode was followed up with a beach episode with the moms. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, these, these hot anime moms. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do with all these hot anime moms? Yeah. <laughs> I did we, like how the uh, Sundari character felt comfortable with the swimsuit when she realized she was matching with Kieran's uh, oh, yeah. floaty buddy. <laughs> and uh, also, like, the anime moms are trying to fix those two characters up with each other. And they're just like, oh my gosh, he's so dense. Oh my gosh, she doesn't get it either. And like, they're just like, what are we going to do? <laughs> but I'm rooting for the other girl. You're rooting for, like, the little short bob hair girl? Like, yeah. Like, haircut Bob. The one that actually legit has feelings for him. Yeah, yeah, has a crush on him. I think, no, I think the other girl, the black-haired girl, what's her name? Emo, Emo, uh, I forget her name. Uh, the mean one. Yeah, but she legitimately has feelings too, but she, she's one of those characters like, I have feelings, but I don't understand them, so I don't know that I have feelings for him. But one of the things that they're tackling in the show too is the fact that the... Um, the other girls in the class can see the relationship and they're like, you go for it. I'm not going to go for him, but like you have a crush. It's, but it's very clear that you have a crush. It's also interesting that they talk about it. They also have the understanding of this kid is totally all about his little brother and has no time for a relationship. Right. So I'm right. interested. Which they did great with regarding the uh, love letter episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to move on from this because we're not yes. talking about this. We're talking, still about, talking about news. About news. <laughs> yeah. But we did. But that's us talking about anime on the show after we talked for about music for twenty minutes. So. <laughs> so this news came to me after I noticed one of you holding a light novel of this particular uh, series, which got announced for both an anime adaptation yes. and an RPG smartphone game. Yes, I know what you're talking about. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, which is another dumb isekai. Hey, I'm a normal person, and now I'm in a fantasy world Barf. kind of thing. Unless, because it's saying reincarnated as a fantasy slime. So if he's being reincarnated from a fantasy world into a fantasy world, then it's not, that's different. But usually, to get into an isekai, usually the main character's getting resurrected from something. Right. So, so. But I'm, I'm curious to know, like, why he became a slime. Have you read the light novel or manga or any adaptation? No, F that. I, I don't read books with picture, without pictures. <laughs> but light novels do have pictures. It's like one every ten pages, but... <laughs> it's, this one was more like like 20 pages, so it's a pretty long well, haul. And 
I, I actually like the idea of light novels because they're so short that they're not like a tough read. They're a really simple mm-hmm. read. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they're called light novels. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like Goosebumps. That's like the size of a light novel is a Goosebumps yeah. book. Yeah, kind um, of. And I remember Goosebumps were something that I could never finish when I was a kid, though. I'm a terrible reader, by the way. Just so you know, I am a terrible reader. Yeah. And I legit have a reason why I can't read anything that isn't a comic book. It's true. Well, I, I'm the same way. So, fun fact about me and Jonathan that we can talk about on the show, and then when you meet us in real life, you can talk about it, and we'll be freaked out, and we have no idea why, and then we remember that you're listeners, and you listen to everything we say. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that that came from meeting all of our fans, and then them being like, oh yeah, I know, you, you've talked about that before. I'm like, oh my gosh, these people know more about I do about me than I do. Um, is that... The way oh, my brain, the way my brain works, and I guess the same way with Jonathan is because I'm an artist. When I read, I'm also dyslexic, but uh, when I read, I'm not words on a page. It doesn't comprehend what's actually happening because I have no visual representation, and my brain can't create a visual representation. That's why reading comic books to me, like I can tell you everything that happened in a comic book, I can't tell you anything that happened in a chapter book. Yeah. Which is why I've always said, like, in regards to... I, I don't think I've ever said it in a podcast show, but it's why you should never read the works of Shakespeare. The only way you can actually experience what Shakespeare brought to the theater world is to actually watch Shakespeare. Because if you try to read Shakespeare, like, you have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, And, and it also kind of goes along... Like, when you're in school, like, when we were in school, we would always... Read be be assigned books like novels mm-hmm. and you'd be like okay you have to read this for homework and then we're gonna have a pop quiz on it uh and then one summer reading there was a summer reading where we were, were able to read mouse which mm-hmm. is a graphic novel oh, yes. and i was like oh my gosh and then i like crushed the summer reading test yeah because i read mouse <laughs> and i, I only like, read one book in my entire school career that I actually enjoyed it was To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, it was I loved To Kill a Mockingbird. Every single other book that I ever read, well, I, I didn't read it. Yeah, we we get it. You want us to read Greek mythology again? I tried. I tried my hardest to read The Great Gatsby, but it didn't work. Um, yeah, I didn't even try reading the uh, Canterbury Tales. Didn't even give it a shot. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't read Canterbury Tales. <laughs> I was forced to because of my classes. I had to read Canterbury Tales. I had to read uh, Boccaccio's The Decameron, In Praise of Folly. I had to read all that stuff. Did you read Walden? Oh my gosh, from Henry David Thoreau. Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) Everybody's just like, Thoreau is such a brilliant writer. It's like, no, he's not. He's a hippie that lives in the woods and doesn't like to use the mail. (laughs) No, uh, no, the worst is Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson, you read this, and you're like, she just needs to get laid. <laughs> you sexist pig. <laughs> I am not being sexist. It's just that's the vibe I get from reading it. And it's not just me that th- thought that. It was like, <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. of the classroom thought that. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever read Emily Dickinson in school. No, I don't think we did either. Yeah. If we did, I didn't I think, care. I did, I did prefer the works of Walt Whitman, though. Walt Whitman, I thought, was a great poet. Walter White. <laughs> Wrong guy. <laughs> We've got to... We got to book. Thou is to be the only one who can be at the knock. <laughs> All right, what were we talking about? We were talking about... Have, oh, we were talking about that time I got reincarnated yes, as a slave. Because, <laughs> because it's a book and we hate books. 
<laughs> Gosh, that was a very awkward day when that occurred. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, that's getting an anime adaptation, RPG video game. Let's move on to I, something that we I might hope be it's more as dumb in. as Death March into a Parallel World, because that <laughs> anime is dumb. I hate I that anime so much, wa- but I've watched I to every be dumb, episode. But I wanted to be more watchable than Death March, because I gave up on Death March. So so I didn't give up on Death March, and it's still just so terrible. I and again, I'm gonna say the same thing I said last episode. It's it's a it's a story written by a fan, an otaku who has no idea how to write anything. He doesn't know how to write main characters. He doesn't know how to write a proper story. He has no proper story structure, and he surrounds all his main character by a bunch of lolis because he's probably a loli otaku. <laughs> and his main character has sex with prostitutes because he's a hero. And it's like, wow, what you, a terribly would you, written would story. Would you say that this would be more um, aligned to what the cast of Aramanga Sensei should be writing, not these, like, works of brilliant fiction? That's This is kind of what they are writing in Aramanga Sensei. Because uh, it never it never actually tells you... that You just know that they're writing, sh- uh, like, schlock smut and people like it. And that's mm-hmm. what, that's what uh, light novels are nowadays. It's just schlock and smut. And... People love it, and that's why they get anime adapt- adaptions, and that's why they're awful. Because it's just otaku's writing otaku works. Fanfic. Right. I mean, there are some the there are some exceptions to the whole thing, like Spice and Wolf, Konosuba, Hari Suzumiya. But there is a good chunk out there that's just really bad and really hard to read. Like I, I think I said it on the episode last week, but trying to read The Devil Is a Part Timer. Compared to watching the anime, it's a fucking chore. Wow, that's weird. It is a chore to read The Devil is a Part-Timer. It's more fun to watch it than to read it. Hmm. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt that way about books all the time anyways. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but there's a movie about it. You know what the great part about the movie is? There's no reading. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care, Harry Potter fans, if they didn't get to see the purple fire in yeah. Snape's potion class. I don't care! <laughs> yeah. it's true. So although, to be, to, although, to be fair, to um, it'd be a lot quicker to read the original Hobbit than it would be to watch the trilogy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. So, so what's our next... We, we're going to talk about anime today, right? Yes, we are going to talk about anime. <laughs> well, it's anime-related. <laughs> All right. Um... Should I go for a cringier bit of news? Sure. About another anime adaptation. So this came to us through J-List, and my reaction to this was like a big, what? (laughs) Okay. So this is an upcoming anime TV adaptation of a doujin project for a show that's translated as... I want to make a disgusted face. I want you to make a disgusted face and show me your underwear. This is based off, like, a calendar series or something like that, right? <laughs> no, doujin. It's a doujin. And yes, it's a porn doujin. And they're making an OVA on it? No, they're making a TV show out of it. What? How is it? How, yeah. What? Is it, a short, I, I, is it a short anime? I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah, like, ten seconds. Well, I think that's, I think that's actually what I wrote, is, is this going to be on the creepiness level of one room? Yeah, right. Um, oh, that's... So, I, I mean, here's the... And for all of you that don't know what One Room is, just watch the first episode and just be... And watch out, the FBI might be knocking on your door. So, here's how... Moshi, moshi, it's the fucking police. <laughs> yeah. 
So here's how I'm picturing this anime is going to go. Because this is legitimately, like, the title says it all. Like, everything in this legitimately leads to some dude's fetish where a, a woman is disgusted with him, yet still shows her underwear to him. <laughs> which, it like, it makes me sick, like, saying those words. But I feel like that if it's going to be an anime, I hope it's for. I hope the guy is only three minutes long for one thing. But it's just some weird dude who ends up with the girl at. It's the fascinating. End. We're gonna have to find out. I, but it's a thing that's I happening. I can't wait to watch it, but I don't want to watch it at all. <laughs> it's. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I almost threw up a little bit. But uh, well, if it, well, speaking of stuff that well. It's not the show itself that'll make you throw up, but it's this new activity that's coming up that might make you throw up. Showing your underwear in disgust? No, no, <laughs> no. This is um, this is actually surrounding the 20th anniversary of Beyblade. Oh, okay. The cel- Okay, so to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Beyblade, they are opening up a bar where people can drink while playing Beyblade. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what drunken, <laughs> drunken Beyblade looks like. <laughs> I would really like to know. So this is going to be happening from March 15th until April 15th. And it's going to be in Ikibukuru. And it's going to be inside the Parco department store. And I don't know what... <laughs> Oh no! It's the fact that it's going to be in a department store makes it sound like there's just going to be a lot of chaos happening afterwards. That is incredible, and I hope <laughs> that it's live streamed on Facebook. I will watch it. Ek Bukuro is a freaky place, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen Dorarara. We know. <laughs> well, Ek Bukuro has been cleaned up ever since. But... That's the one that was owned by the Yakuza at one point, right? Kinda, oh yeah, kinda. And and that's where you used to have uh, people who would be like. Oh, foreigner son, come on into my establishment. We're gonna have some fun. Oh, you can't speak Japanese? That's even better. Uh, and yeah. you know, and would you like to try Russian sushi? Yeah, and they've 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 recently made that illegal. But uh, Ikebukuro was where you could go to see like all the strip shows and all the and the hostess all the, bars, yeah, all the nudie bars and all that stuff. But now they have robot restaurant and more family friendly stuff there. Boo. Yeah, and it, they still have the. Well, uh, get, let, let us have the robot restaurant, but please keep the nudity too. Okay, let's, I think. Let, I think. Let, that, let, and, okay, let us have a balance. And and so the funny part about this is I I watched I learned about all this on an episode of Tokyo Eye, and uh, and Chris Pepler was like, yeah, I I remember going to Ikebukuro, and it wasn't it wasn't adult friend. I was like, oh man. Chris Pepler went to go see some duty shows. Like, it's, you know, you see Chris Pepler, the host of Tokyo Eye, talking about Ike Bukuro and how it used to be not good. And it's just like, he was there. <laughs> he went. I he know used what you to were go. doing that. Yeah, he used to go. <laughs> I love Chris Pepler. But now they got Beyblades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get drunk and let it rip. <laughs> we're going to go to Ike Bukuro and pay, play some Beyblades. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of barroom brawls, it's just going to be people flinging discs at one another. <laughs> so let's see. For other news. Well, this is something that was announced a couple months back, but I, it escaped our radar. Now, outside of Japan, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people who produce like animation and comics and video games is Ankama. 
Mm-hmm. And yep. Ankama are the people who do walk food, dolphas, matafakas. Uh, one of the uh, one of their comics, uh, one of Ankama Comics' series, is actually being adapted into a TV anime and being released this October. That is a show called pretty cool. Yeah, a show called Radiant. And get this, animation production is going to be by Lurche. Now, do you guys know who Lurche is? What did they do? It. It doesn't sound familiar to me. I mean, like... All right, I, I can actually name it off the top of my head right now. Okay. They did Assassination Classroom. They did Monster Musume. They did Konohana Kitan last season. They did Magical Girl Raising Project. They have a great resume when it comes to anime. And they're picking up an Ankama show, huh? Yes. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean, uh, Ankama isn't unfamiliar to the anime world. They were on Pop Team Epic, right? Well, one of the voice actresses was uh, that is part of Ankama. The person who plays Yugo in Wakfu gotcha. was on an episode. And I have the the premise is pretty simple. It's a French fantasy comic originally by a guy named um, Tony Valente. It's about a young man on a quest to eradicate a magical menace known as a nemesis. And on paper, it is apparently, you know, it sounds like a generic shonen show. But from what I've been reading in comics, that uh, reading in comments, that it's a great series. And it's very well deserving of it getting this anime adaptation. Well, well that'll be exciting. I trust French animation. Yes, I do too. Or rather, mm-hmm. I guess French media in this case, but animation's yeah. been good. And I think that could segue into a bit of Into the West news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is that we're finally going to get season three of Wakfu this April. Ah, so not completely all the way to the West, but it is Western from Japan. Yes. <laughs> well, Western from France. Right. I mean, like... West from Japan. West like from Japan. Oh, yes. West from Japan. Yes, yes. So <laughs> two season, three of, season three of Wakfu is going to be premiering on April 1st. They... They are trying to like push that people should be you know watching the stream of it on Netflix because this is what's cool about Akuma. They know that people have been watching the fan Corner. subs of it you know before it airs here in America, and they appreciate that you have been watching it and were very excited about watching it. But they are pushing you; they are pushing its fans to watch it on Netflix so they can be guaranteed a fourth season in the near future. Oh, so that's interesting. The success of their show is based on Netflix. I guess I got to finish watching season one and two, <laughs> but, and uh, then the mini series too. That, uh, that's kind of funny because I mean, hasn't Netflix not really been doing that well with their, with their prime properties like that go just on the Netflix. So depends. Far? It depends. Some, some of the really shows depends. do really, really well. Some of them, not so much. I watched a lot mm. of their original movies, and they're really good. Yeah. They're fun to watch, but... Yeah. Um, apparently, that's losing them a lot of money, too. Yeah, it is. They're in debt. A lot Wouldn't of that be debt. scary if Netflix went away? How would, like, how would that be a thing? Why would that be scary? I don't know. <laughs> like, well, Crunchyroll I mean, buys Netflix. Yeah, Everything's okay. It's, like, it's not like I'm going to run out of things to watch if Netflix goes away. <laughs> yeah, because we got Crunchyroll, VRV, we got Hulu, we have High Dive. Yeah. Man, VRV, this isn't even an advertisement or anything, but VRV has some cool movies. Yeah, they've been doing, they've yes. got some pretty good stuff on there. I love the fact that you can go and watch 70s and 80s, like, awful, old horror movies. Like, that's so great. 
And you can even watch concert films from David Bowie and Talking Heads and a couple other really big names. Yep. Done that. Well, let's see. And that was in the West. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for... And I'm... We're sad that Elite Four Derek's not here to talk about this, but Funimation is going to be premiering the sixth dub episodes of My Hero Academia simultaneously with Japan's Japanese version. Mm. That is pretty awesome. Granted, I'll be watching it in Japanese, I think. Yeah. As much as I really love the English for it, as a matter of fact, the English for My Hero Academia is really good. How about the fact that we got the two English voice actors coming to Anime Boston? Yeah, uh, Midoriyo and Bakuga. Right? Yeah, seeing that it's con month and we can talk about Anime Boston. And we got all the press releases. Yeah, it's going to be a busy year for us. Would this be a good time busy. to transition oh, yeah. into that? No, because I want to talk about what we're watching. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> oh. We're going to get to what we're watching. I'm not talking about into our uh, Tapagachi. I'm talking about Anime Boston itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, there's been a lot of announcements since our last Con Month episode, which uh, includes a lot of really good, cool voice actors. Um, two of which being um, from My Hero Academia, but then also they yeah, Justin Breener and Clifford Chapin. There you go. Uh, but also they just recently announced uh, Stephanie Shea. Yep. Who yes. I have a. Uh, had a long time hope of meeting because I want to meet everybody who was in the cast of Fooly Cooly. And she played Mamimi. Yeah. Yes. And she played Orihime. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know. Mikuru. Orihime was like so close to, like, even though we're not huge Bleach fans right now, I, I still have, hold a special place for Bleach in my heart because that was like one of the first real anime shows that we sat down and watched after Cowboy Bebop. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Steve Bloom. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you. and Mary Elizabeth McLynn. Yeah. Like, oh my yes. gosh, I get to meet the Major, Major Makoto Kutsunagi, what? And Spike Spiegel, and Great Teacher Onizuka. Ugh. <laughs> um, and did you know that um, that Steve Bloom and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn were engaged? Actually, I, I, I talked, about, I I talked about this on the Rhode Island Comic Con episode. Yeah, so we, so we get to meet some of our heroes in anime, which are the Major and Spike Spiegel, so... <laughs> it's pretty perfect. I really hope that I got my fingers crossed that that's a, that's a definite interview for us. Like, could well, you imagine being? Hey, by the way, these people aren't taking interviews. Well, see, I actually enjoy that, believe it or not, because it means oh, well, that means that we have a lot more time to enjoy. The that takes a load off my shoulders. Yes, yeah, because like, <laughs> that means that nobody is interviewing them. Minus the time that we got the impromptu recording with uh, Todd Habercorn because Crunchyroll didn't show up. No, Crunchyroll did show up. Just like 15 minutes They were in there late. for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yes. So. Liter- literally Todd Habercorn sitting in the press room waiting for Crunchyroll to show up. They said, and okay, so we were but just they like, have to chant my name. Yeah, and so we did. <laughs> yeah. Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's fun. Who else was announced? Do we do we have any new announcements? Did we, did we, uh, we didn't have J. Michael Tatum last time, or, or did we? Yes, we did. I edit these episodes and I don't even remember what we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We have the um, director. Uh, oh, we have um, Caitlin French and Scott Gibbs from No Game, No Life. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Caitlin does the voice of Shiro. And um, Scott Gibbs is in No Game, No Life Zero, where he plays the character of Riku. 
you know. Cool, because everybody saw that. <laughs> and oh yeah, he played uh, he plays Kagiyama in Haikyuu as well. Oh, interesting. But, yeah. Do you think that means that they're going to? Um, they're probably going to be showing the No Game No Life movie. At I wonder if Boston. that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Which I hope that'd be awesome if they did that. That would be awesome. I, I would totally. It. Yeah, I totally would. Mm-hmm. Well, there is the director, Yuji Muto, who's been directing Crayon Shin-Chan for almost 20 years. That's right. That's a, That was an interesting grab. Like, I yeah. was never expecting to somebody like that to, to be at Anime Boston. Anime Boston gets a lot of really interesting guests, and it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. He's also uh, directed Scrap Princess, or rather, he did the storyboards for that, but he also directed Tonari no Seki-kun. Mm. Well, there's Kazuku Yao, who did the voice of... Um, of, well, he does the voices of Frankie and Bonkley in One Piece and Juda Ashita in Mobile Suit Gundam Double Z and Koichi Ikitane in Initial D as well. Mike. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Question is, is when are we getting Daisuke Ono? Come on. I know. <laughs> Hurry dudes. up. Bring Daisuke Ono. He's like one of my favorite anime Japanese voice actors. <laughs> He's like the only voice actor who I don't know what his real voice is. Because like... Is it, does he sound gruff, or does he sound more feminine? What is his real voice? Yeah. He's always playing that tough, straight man. Well, not in School Babysitters. He's the very kind butler who yeah, but he wears still black has underwear. That, he still has the tough, straight man persona who doesn't know how to properly convey jokes, you know? So, it's pretty funny. I like it yeah. in that show. <laughs> if you're wondering what color my underwear is, it's black. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't understand my sense yeah, of humor. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right, let's move on to what we're watching. Okay, so I don't think I've talked about this yet, but I've been watching the crap out of Slayers. Yeah, you, you uh, old that. school Slayers. Yeah, so now that, now that I have VRV, I've been going through all the Funimation shows that I don't have on DVD and just kind of going through and watching them. And I'm almost done with season one of Slayers. And it's awesome. Now, I don't particularly like the English. I really, really, really enjoy it in Japanese. But season three is not in Japanese. And Slayer's Revolutions, which is season four and five, are also not in Japanese. Interesting. So so I'm watching seasons one and two in Japanese. And then three, four, and five in English. Uh, Get your fingers crossed for some voice acting lessons in between. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Uh, That's mean. But I really, really, really love Lena Inverse as a character. 
Oh yeah, yeah, she's like one of the greatest, like most underrated female protagonists out there. Yeah, really, I feel like she gets a lot of attention. She's kind of a staple for anime. I almost feel, and that's why I feel like I ha- I feel kind of ashamed that I haven't at least seen Slayers until this point. But I've been really enjoying it because the comedy is really nice. The animation is very dated. Like, and I'm I'm one for old animation. I love old animation. Old animation's the best. I, I know for a fact that when I go to Anime Boston this year and going back to Japan, I'm going to be looking for Slayer cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'll be looking for uh, Lena Inverse animation cells. Those would be expensive. They, they might be, but they might also not be. I, I was pretty surprised at the price of some of them. Mm. But it's interesting because you get to see this really strange form of animation that's very dated. Uh, <laughs> and, and sometimes a little lazy. And... But Lena Inverse, her character and her voice actress and her animation style, she does a lot of animated quips and a lot of animated reaction shots that are really prominent in today's animation. You know how sometimes they give characters a little clip of animation where they go like, ah, like just like a little voice like that. She does that all the time. And it's really cool to see that come back in today's animation. And oh my gosh, they did it in Slayers way back in the 80s. Right. Um, cause we don't do that in, in American animation, Yeah, little tiny bits of voice that are just reaction shots overall, but not really there. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, uh, Lena inverse. Very cool. Didn't know she was a 15 year old girl. Like that's one of the things that was really, <laughs> really kind of confusing. Cause you don't really know. Like sometimes people are like, Oh, she's a child. And I thought it was just because she's short and has a small chest, but no, yeah. she actually is a child. And and it, that's not really conveyed all that much mm. until, like, I don't know, 20-something episodes in. But the cast of characters is really nice. The show has a really great feel. The characters all play off one another, and they balance each other out. Uh, I especially love Amelia, which is, like, the, the youngest of the girls in mm-hmm. there. How she has this heightened sense of justice, but she's clumsy as hell. Yep. Uh, and it's just, it's cool. It's so cool. But Lena is definitely one of my favorite characters. She's such a brat. I watched the Full Metal Alchemist movie. Oh. Okay, so let's Rather, see. I've watched half of it. I still and then want to watch no more. <laughs> I still have an hour left in it. Well, I mean, by the hour point, I was like, yeah, I get the idea. Um, <laughs> I get it. But, and I think that's part of the problem with it for me, is that it, along the lines, I was like, yeah, I get it. So... I want to praise, first and foremost, I want to praise the Full Metal Alchemist movie with its very good CG and its uh, cinematography and um, its world building. Fantastic. Effects are top notch Mm -hmm. and it looks really nice in most cases. There are some cases where we get that old Japanese. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is Japanese. Yes. Now, where the movie fell apart for me, two major places. One, you had to watch the anime in order to understand fully what's going on in the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of details that they cut corners, which cuts the audience out. Because if you want to say, oh, I want to see Full Metal Alchemist for the first time because this is just a movie, I don't have to commit all that time, you're going to hate it. Uh, That's first and foremost big red flag for me. Second of all, I, I'm curious as to whether or not the director stated to every character who was in the movie to say, 
hey, remember when you were 12 years old and you acted like a Chinibio? Act like that. Every character in the movie acts like the anime character from the anime itself, which is bad. Um, <laughs> they, because, you know, like, the first time that you see Winry in the anime, and she runs up to Ed and is like, Ed, oh, Ed, oh, and then, like, <laughs> runs up to him and grabs his arm and, like, pulls up and she and she's mad at him like look at what you did to this i can't rebuild it or i have to rebuild it from scratch i can't repair this and she's yelling at him like winry would yell at him in the anime which does not translate into live action film i think the only character that really translates over well into the live action film was roy mustang because he's so subtle to begin with in the anime who, by uh, the way, is played by uh, Dean Fujioka, who does the opening theme for Yuri on Ice. Re- okay, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. The The new guy that they added, the the captain, Captain Haruko, something like that, um, yeah. he was good. He was a good actor. But Ed, the guy who played Ed, Edward Elric, he did all right. But the action scenes, like whenever there was action or heightened tension, he acted like a Chinibio. Mm-hmm. Same with Winry. I had a big problem with Winry. Um, Show Tucker, okay. Hughes, bad. <laughs> I lo- I like the actor who played him, but he did a bad job being Hughes from the anime. We should get that guy that we see who's the cosplayer of Hughes every year. Yeah. At Anime Boston. <laughs> he did a good job. He's an amazing <laughs> Hughes. Um, but the here's the problem, is that it doesn't it they should they shouldn't have put actors into cosplay and made them act like the anime characters that was the biggest fault if they took full metal alchemist and say like okay let's act this out as if this were john wick mm-hmm. that is how you do high class action and serious tone at the same time not like superhero landing poses and like swift movements, you know, uh, and and then like giving like eye darts that people don't really do in life, you know, in real life, you know, it's the, there were some spots where the acting was really good, like when um, when Al, Winry, and Ed were at the in the Hughes family household having dinner with everybody uh, and sitting down to a meal and just talking with one another, that was good. Yeah. Up until the point where Ed and Winry started fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. They were fighting like anime characters. They weren't fighting like real people. You know what I'm really upset about about what? it? All the Asian washing of these white characters. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they Asian wash this film? Those are European-based characters. How dare they Asian wash it? <laughs> yeah. But um, overall, I don't think I'm going to go back and finish it. I, okay. I had seen enough of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I see, I see where you're coming I, from, Evan. I enjoyed it. I I thought it was really good. I disagree with you on the point of the person playing Hughes. I thought he was excellent in in his role as Hughes. Yeah, because he played like he was the caring, concerning fodder figure for these guys. Right. That you know that 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 they were kind of lacking in their life because the real father was off, you know, doing his shtick. Yeah, I want to call it that, but I I thought he was really good at it. 
For the, the the part that really took me out of the film, though, was, like, right at the beginning, and you saw these, like, two Asian kids with, like, the worst blonde hair I've ever seen, yeah. not just on an Asian person, but on any person. <laughs> the, opening, the opening scene was really rough. It, it was. Awesome. Um, oh, there was one scene with Hughes that I really liked. It was the part where Hughes and Roy were walking through just like the campus like the police state campus with each other and they were talking about who was going to be the next leader of everybody and Roy was like it's going to be me and then Hughes is like you should probably watch out like watch your back on a couple things and he's like should I be watching out for you and he's like yeah you should um that scene was awesome because then there was a really awesome camera angle where they were like standing on oppo- on like opposite sides of each other and there was a beam of light from the sun like reflecting off of this f- freshly rained uh, walkway and the light split down the middle of them too, showing their divide with each other. It was a it was a nice shot. I like directed scene. by Makoto Shinkai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, it felt like a uh, a masquerade skit at times. <laughs> okay, so one show I finally dropped, and no, I haven't dropped the ramen noodle show. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm still watching that, but I am. I have. I actually dropped the uh, Maya Chen Maida Chen show, which was about the you know the magical girls that were based off of fairy tale stories. Yeah, because I got to a point. Well, well, first off, the show has been delayed for two weeks so they could better the animation, hmm. and I decided, okay, is this next episode gonna make me want to wait or be patient for the next for the next couple weeks for the next one to come up? Mm-hmm. And the answer for that was a resounding no. Mm. So I dropped the show because here's the thing. You can take fairy tales. You can turn them to magical girls. On paper, that sounds awesome. But they executed it in this series so badly and so – it's like so boring how they do it. Yeah. It's just like there's like no interest in these characters or there's like this – they can implement these powers and styles, but they don't showcase it in a really cool light. It's just, it's just a boring ass show. And here's the thing: here's <laughs> here's what anger here's what angers me so much is that this series is being done by the same animation studio that did Drifters, huh? And Drifters wow. was badass from yeah. start to finish and animated amazingly. This show it looks just. Lazy as fuck. Hmm. And that's too bad. It, it is too bad. And so they couldn't keep I, up with it either. That's that's surprising. Right. And, you know, I can't blame the guy who created it because this is based off of a light novel series. But the creator of the light novel series passed away before he could, like, uh, fix up the first draft, the first volume of it. And then some other... and like. I don't know how it works, but it says that it's being written by StoryWorks. So I don't know if there's like a team of people who they, they gather together to write a light novel. And they're continuing on the series. But it's just so lazy. It's just so bad. And it's... I... The only good thing that comes out of it is there's a new song by Fana that opens up the show. <laughs> and Fana's awesome. Yeah. They have a new album coming out really, really soon. Like at the end of the month. And you could buy it in America, by the way. I know we talk mostly about anime, but why don't we talk about something that I read? And that is 
the first volume of City. Yes. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about City. City is awesome. Yeah. City is great. I mean, it it isn't as bonkers as Joe is, but it has that same style of comedy thrown in there for the most part. And what I like about City is, like, like Nichijo, you've got, like, these sorts of characters, and they have their own story, and they have their own storylines and timelines and plotlines until from time to time they do meet up. Right from the get-go, like, you get this sort of ADD aspect from the first chapter of, like, it's going to this person. Now we're going to go to this one, and then we're going to go to this one. And then right at the end, it, like, brings everybody together and be like oh so this is gonna be a close for the most part a closely tied story Mm, yeah i can't wait to own a copy of city myself like i know i I bought jonathan a japanese copy of it when i was in japan yeah and uh because i knew he would love that and i i didn't know if we were actually going to get it over here in the in the states so i brought that home for him and we just flipped through just the imagery of the japanese because I could mm-hmm. only read little bits and pieces of the Japanese. But even just the imagery and the shot-to-shot story was hilarious. And I could understand everything that was going on. Yeah. It was so good. I can't wait till City comes out. I will totally buy that. I think my favorite chapter from the first volume, and I feel like it's a meta joke, maybe poking fun of the the writer himself, It it's <laughs> it surrounds this guy who's trying to come up with a story for the next chapter of his manga series and for like 75 percent of the manga it's him and his manager just unwording with without any words just sobbing and crying (laughs) and it's just close-ups and like long shots of them crying (laughs) throughout 75 percent of this chapter and it just ends with (laughs) with the manager going i think this is going to be the last chapter in the manga And (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like like, this happened to Arawi, and he's like, oh, I guess I'll make this into my chapter. I'm stuck. Huh, the next chapter is going to be about a guy who's stuck with, with his manga. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, I recommend City, and whoever... It is going to get an anime adaptation. I guarantee that it's going to get an anime adaptation. But it... whoever gets it is going to have their work cut out. Well... Because if... Because... I know you. I know there's so much detail in Nichijou, but looking at every single panel in this manga, there is so much that Ararwe puts into, like the characters, the backgrounds, even like the dirt on the ground. See, I've never seen a manga artist put so much detail into his work. Yeah, and and that's just it. Is the anime for Nichijou was so high quality. That if the same studio doesn't do City, it's going to be noticeable. Right. And Which was, Kyoto Animation was the one who did Nichijou. So. Yeah, and, and they did such a perfect job, and the art was mimicked so perfectly that it has to be done. It has to be done that way, or else City will not be as good, but I hope it's so good. Absolutely. And I do want to thank you guys again for reintroducing me to Nichijou, because... For some reason, I like I went back to my old review of Nichi Joe after watching the after watching like a bunch of episodes with John at my house, and mm. I'm reading through my review of this. And I'm like, what was my mindset? 
Why was I thinking this? What happened? I don't understand. Like why? And that's why I wrote my rebuttal for for the, why I was wrong about Nietzsche Joe. Like why? Why did I hate it back then? There was like no reason why I should have hated this show. <laughs> it's weird sometimes, like how one's mentality is years ago compared to how it is today. Like it's, I don't understand why I hated Nietzsche Joe as a kid or back when I first reviewed it. But I was wrong. I admitted it. It's a great show. Buy it on Blu-ray, folks. It's a great series. Something like the most amazing high-end comedy. And I do recommend people pick up City when it gets released. Uh, March 27th. March 27th is the first is when the first volume comes out. Oh, snap. And um, I also want to give a bit of a shout-out to the manga version of Flying Witch. Because... Flying Witch is how I feel about Flying Witch, the manga, is how you guys felt about watching the anime version of Barakamon. Like, you read this, you're, I'm reading the story, and it feels like I'm being welcomed back into this world and this beautiful place and these amazing characters. And then as the book ends, you start feeling sad because, oh, now I have to leave you guys again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that way when, um, when. I finished the last chapter of Neverland of promised Neverland. Oh my gosh. When is it going to come out? Yeah. You know, I, I know when it's going to come out. It's April, but <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's way, that's way too long. Yeah. But I, ha- for those who enjoyed the anime version of flying, Witch, read the manga version too, because it's now getting into the parts that haven't been animated yet. But I wish that JC staff will do another season of it because it is so good. It yeah. is amazing. Very nice. Very nice. Let's transition into a moment where we talk about all those who both look at us at cons with disgust and intrigue all at the same time. We're talking about the normal people who spend time uh, around cons, not necessarily in them, or actually never in them, probably. Uh, Now, granted, there's never really been a time where any of us have been normal people. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> say, let's, just to, to keep it kind of separate uh, at from what we're talking about, normies, uh, where uh, we've never really been normies. We've never been around uh, cons and said, what is a con? We've always, I think everybody here has always had an intrigue in cons of some kind. So uh, we're going to talk about how we should conduct ourselves amongst everybody else who still needs to live their daily lives during a time when nerds just so happen to be there. And you have to remember that. That's the first thing that you should you should remember being a con-goer around normies, is that people still live their daily lives on their weekend when you have your anime weekend and you get to be a weeb all the time. <laughs> um, so, And I think that's basically the direction that we're going to be going with this whole thing, if I'm not mistaken. Because there's no really a way around this, uh, other than that. Yeah, when you when you're in when you're outside of the con, guys, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when, it's totally cool to act like a moron and and a totally socially awkward human being inside of the con. But when you go outside, these people don't know who your character is, nor do they care, and don't. Do conga lines through retail stores? Yep, that was one. Heptalia yeah. fan base. Yeah, that's that's one uh, that is worth bringing back up because we have mentioned that before in in con months past. Uh, 
the time that we saw a Hitalia conga line with their country's flags walking through retail stores, like just walking in and out of clothing stores, you know, like it's normal and it's fun. That is not the con. Do not do that. <laughs> that is a place of business. That is a place of business and other people are going there and other people are working and they don't need you messing it up. Do and not nor, do that. Nor do they understand what you're doing. I think one of the things that I often see is when people are outside of the convention and people are in costume and then somebody in costume screams something at the top of their lungs from the show. And it's it's a little disconcerting. Have they done that outside of the con? Yeah. I've never seen that. I, I've seen it. Um... <laughs> what we're trying to tell you is everybody who goes to cons is weird. <laughs> and I mean, we know this. I mean, we, we do shows and stuff for you guys and we entertain you with talking about waifus and bloody gory anime. But we don't do that outside. We don't stand on soapboxes and say, have I told you about my waifu? Yeah, but, so, but we, under, <laughs> we understand we understand what you're doing and going through your head. But these But people on the outside of conventions who are just going through their daily lives don't. Uh, and where we're having fun... They're not having fun because they're going to work and they hate it. <laughs> That's not necessarily true, though. There are plenty of times and plenty of stories where people have, like, stopped and asked, hey, what's going on? What's this all about? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not just being a cynical prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so there is the other side of it, too, where there are people who genuinely take interest. And as a matter of fact, there's a lot of people who frequent, uh, especially a place like ours... Uh, that stays in one place, the Heinz Convention Center and the Prudential Center, people know what time of year it is. Yeah, and that's always really fun, actually. When when people who are employees and know what's going around, there's like, oh, the anime people are back, you know, and that's, that's pretty much how it's... They, they never know it's like an anime con, but they say the anime people are back, you know, so that's, that's always the terminology I hear. The animus are here. And and, ah! and we can we can kind of blend in because we don't cosplay and we don't I mean people know that we're there for the convention but we don't stick out as people going to the convention because we're mostly wearing normal clothes and because we're doing the press thing uh so we still get to kind of observe around us what's happening outside of the convention it's pretty fun uh there's a lot of pictures being taken like uh i mean people who aren't attending just normies as we call them i guess um are taking pictures of people but usually there's professional photographers you know taking pictures of people as well so photographers are taking pictures of their cosplayers that they hired for the time and people will take pictures of that and i just think it's so interesting that usually when you have a photography set the photography isn't taking place inside the convention. They're usually like, oh, let's take your costumes outside of the conventions, go find a nice piece of scenery, and do it, and people can observe this happening. Right. But please never go to a photographer's hotel room if they say, let's shoot in my hotel room. Don't do that. Yeah, I, don't do that. <laughs> I have I have seen that happen before successfully, but that doesn't make it any less creepy. I have a story. Oh, do you? Um, oh, Okay. So, do you remember back when I went to Florida and I was with Cap from Nerdy Show and we went to a convention, uh, ShadowCon? Yes. So, yes. there was a time we were trying to find things to do to make our time there more fun, because it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we needed to try to find things to do, and one of the things that happened was that Cap got put onto a, on very heavy air quotes, a game show. Uh, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before or not. I, I'm pretty positive you have. I'm pretty sure I did, because I'm pretty sure that I talked about Oh, easily 100%, but this happened a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we went through the first two rounds of the competition, and the first two rounds were pretty good because it like people stuck with it and everything like that. But then round three came along and people were like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they just dropped out. And so they just brought in new people. And they oh, were, and, uh, and it, it kind of fell apart pretty quick. And it's like, if you're going to do a game show, first and foremost, if you're going to be doing a game show on ground of the con, make it all happen at once and don't shoot it over multiple days because that's dumb um (laughs) second of all don't make the last round in your hotel room uh because we got a text from these people saying hey here's the location of the last thing meet us here at this time which first and foremost they told us an hour later than what we were really supposed to be there at and they were like we were waiting for you you were about to be disqualified it's like oh no i lost everything um (laughs) weekend ruined um, but we went to this hotel room and like, kind of thank God we were there an hour late because if we showed up there an hour earlier, we could have been the first ones murdered, but it ended up being a bunch of people who like Cap and I were the only ones participating in the game show who were the last people there, like who, like, who were the same people from the beginning of the show. And then it was just like this dumb game, awkward sitting around doing like uh, this, this game that I don't even know how to play anymore. Um, but man, the point I wanted to make was how uncomfortable was the decision Cap and I were like, do we really want to go to these people hotel rooms for this? And like, it was just, it was uncomfortable. I don't blame you, dude. That has nothing to do with normies, but it (laughs) is in their space technically because the hotels also have normal people attending there. It's not, hotels... This actually is, it does uh, come around full circle. Hotels are also for normies as well. You're, like, hotels are not just filled with anime people. There are people there who need to spend time in the hotels there on business or whatever. So don't run down the halls screaming like an they idiot. They do. We talk all the about, time. We, I know that every year we mention the elevator thing, the elevator raves every once in a while. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's Man. not cool. Yeah. Um,. And, uh, yes, we, we are in the hotel rooms, and yes, we hear a lot of people screaming at night. Don't do that. It's, it's yeah, not Yeah, please okay. don't. Uh, I mean, I don't care that you're doing it, but other people do. And this is often where you see a lot of people who are like, hey, what's going on? You know, because you're stuck on, a, on an elevator with them. Most of the time, it's just people giving you dirty looks. Ignore them. But, but if they're giving you dirty looks because you're not... You're acting pro- yeah, if you're not acting properly, then you're getting dirty looks because they're not a jerk because you're bothering them. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, uh, your existence alone shouldn't bother people, and if it does, all you do is walk away and ignore them. You can rant about them on the forums later if you want to, or whatever. But, <laughs> but, we, also, but we also know that, that anime people like to be very loud in the hotel rooms, and that's perfectly fine if you're in a social block. Because we do have social blocks in anime Boston, that's awesome. So you can be loud, kinda, to, to like, a, an extent. Certain amount of decibels. Yeah, Like a thousand. Talking in the hallway and running out of the parties is, is bothersome to other people. Don't do that. I, I don't want to feel like I'm scolding people the whole time. <laughs> uh, 
It's it's a little weird, but these are just these are actual experiences that we've had every single year we go to Anime Boston. We're probably talking about a, a, at least what what kind of what kind of percentage would you put on the crowd that we're reaching right now? Twenty percent, fifty, fifty percent. It's a high number. Yeah, Evan, what's your percentage? What do you think? Percentage. How people, yeah. How, oh. how many? The percentage of how many people do you think uh, don't act appropriately in a normal person's space? For anime cons, I would say about forty-seven percent. That's a very specific number. Yeah, very good. Mm. But you were closer to Andrew, so my number was low. Then I was thinking twenty percent, meaning that we weren't reaching a massive amount of people. But you guys think that we are reaching a massive amount of people. Well, it's it's hard because you're there and you're having fun. You know, you're at a convention, you're having fun. Sometimes it's tough to be so, to maintain self-control but maintain self-control yeah I, I mean like there are some people who might listen to us and we're not the only ones who have ever said that either there are other people around you know the forums and you know facebook and whatever that say don't do this and there might be other people out there who look at that and say hey don't stomp out my fun uh no don't do that like that's <laughs> don't stomp out my fun yeah they're, they're like i'm here to have a good time i'm gonna have a good time there are spaces that they create for you to have a good time. It's called the convention center. Yes. You know? <laughs> Not outside of that. You have to be within your bubble. It is nice, though, to put on a persona when you put on a costume. That is true. Let's talk about that. The fact that you put on a costume and suddenly you're braver. Yes. You're braver about doing things. Um, that is very interesting to me. And it's got there's got to be some kind of brain science that goes uh, behind that where you put on, you know, a costume, and people can still see your face, yet you still feel braver to be able to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Now, is that because you're around like-minded people in one space, but then you move to another space and forget that you're not around all those people anymore? Or is it just that putting on the costume itself makes you braver altogether? I don't know. Damn. Mm. <laughs> You're getting a little bit deep there. There, there. I know there uh, wasn't meant to be an answer to that question. Maybe somebody else can answer that for us because we're not cosplayers. We don't dress up, so we're the same people that we are inside of cons that we are outside of cons. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just interesting to to think like, what does the costume do? Is it the costume or like alone, or is it the costume being around other people like that? The kind of thing that that makes me think of is are the it's just a prank, bro. People, <laughs> you know, the fact that I think that's kind of what it is. People, the like the people who do the it's just a prank, bro, kind of videos, and they go out and the fact that they're filming for a YouTube channel thinks that they can do whatever they want, and maybe someday those people will be killed for what they do, which will be fine. <laughs> uh, but then, but there's also the people who think that putting on a cosplay is the equivalent of an it's just a prank bro i'm in a costume so i can do weird things in public in the clothes space yeah it's a little bit more acceptable <laughs> do we call this when... the deadpool theory the what the deadpool theory when people cosplay as deadpool they think they can do anything they want they literally become deadpool. Uh, uh, yeah that's true uh, yeah okay that yeah i suppose it would be the deadpool theory oh yeah except for when you do things like run up in character tubers and say, hey, this is for this, this, and this, and then you physically attack somebody. We've witnessed I've that. I've never seen... No, I've never seen that personally. No? But we've heard it through passing. I've... Oh, who... Oh, there's a story It's mostly... From... Yeah, it's mostly at 
like conventions from other con people who have witnessed stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came from Greg Aries, uh Your your fandom sucks panel. There there were a couple of stories from that, like the Nazi or the people who dressed up as Germany and they did Nazi salutes at the Holocaust, Holocaust Memorial in Boston. Bad. Don't uh, do that. Very bad. Do not do that. Well, there's that, but uh, but it's it's the whole mentality of you know people being in costume and then people being in the opposing costume and being like, hey, let's pretend to be these characters and then physically hurting them. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like my costume isn't protecting me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is for this. It's like, oh, no, don't my do cardboard that. Gundam costume, it's not working. <laughs> The armor is being penetrated. Anyways, uh, they, <laughs> uh, there was one time, which wasn't bothersome to me, but there was like, it was one of the last years, maybe the last year that I dressed as Nauta from, uh, Fooly Cooly and a group of friends just pushed this girl in my direction who was dressed as Haruko and she very well could have been underage Here's the other thing, and I was forgetting that I was in cosplay, like, partially, too. Like, I recognize a Haruko when I see it. I was like, oh, that's cool, Haruko. But I forgot that I was Nauta, and she, like, her friends pushed her into me, and I was clearly older than her, and she might have been under the age of 18, which puts me in a terrible position. Yeah. Right. You know, um, so... That was the last time I ever cosplayed. (laughs) When did this happen? One year. I mean, it wasn't a bad interaction. You know, like it was, it was more so the friend pushed, pushed the other, the friends pushed the other friend into me and we had this one was like, oh, hi, you know, sort of thing. We didn't get a picture with each other or anything like that, but it was just kind of like this meeting of like two characters from another show. Great. Fine. But, uh, but then after that, I was like, "Mm, I think I'm done with cosplay. That that was a, a kind of a tipping point for me, where where I was like, I'm too old to be doing this. I can't be cosplaying in a, like a 15 year old's world. <laughs> so you see, I've I've never cosplayed, so like you know, cosplay at a convention, like it's different. It's one thing if you're doing it for Halloween, that's different for for me. But then to do it at a convention, it's just not my thing. See, I've I've always wanted to. This is a weird direction that this conversation is taking, but that's fine. We've left normies. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Are we the normies? <laughs> I've always I've always had dreams of cosplaying, but I never wanted to cosplay like because some people, a lot of people, cosplay to get the attention for it. But I've wanted to cosplay because I didn't want to get the attention for it, but because I thought it'd be cool to wear that costume while at a convention. You know, walking right. around as walking around as Jotaro Kujo would be cool because Jotaro Kujo has a cool costume, but I wouldn't want the attention that Jotaro Kujo would might get. You might <laughs> you might have to face off against the guy who dresses up as the Donald Trump version of JoJo. Is that a thing? Yeah, dude. Was it Anime Boston last year or AAC? There was a guy who was dressed as Donald Trump, but he was like a stand user Donald Trump, and he had the wall. As it stands. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's right. He painted the lines on his face and everything. Yeah, like the black, harsh lines. Yeah. yeah. So there are people who go to football games, and there are people who go to sporting events, etc. Halloween parties, even, who dress up and worship a team. You know, football, I like to use the example that, you know, 
uh, grown men like to take off their shirts and paint their bellies with a with a football number on it, and they go to a game to cheer at people who have pay, get paid millions of dollars to touch each other. Um, mm. They, you know, they think that's normal, but then they would go to the Heinz Convention Center during Anime Boston time and think that's weird. But we're not bashing sports because we like sports. We like sports. <laughs> I like football, and, but I wouldn't take my shirt off and paint myself to go there. It's the same thing, right? Uh, you know, I, 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 we're kind of this middle ground where it's like, I'm not dressing up for anything. I'm just going. Yeah. I'm not dressing, <laughs> right. up, for an, I'm not dressing up for anime or sports. I like both. I like both, but I'm not going to dress up as it, I'm not going to dress up as sport. Yeah. <laughs> or animu. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I find that that's a valid argument. People make that argument all the time, and I see. I feel like that's one that's forgotten easily amongst normies. Is that they they forget that they do that, mm-hmm. or that there are some people that do that. But then there's also going to be normies out there as well who say like, "Well, that's weird too." And and then of course there's also normies outside of a convention that say, "Oh, that's really cool." Yes. Which which is also pretty cool. You know, but are there normies who say, "Oh, that's really cool that they dress up for football games," but not? anime conventions i don't know is there a double standard i could not say because i have no evidence of either right but but i do like i do like it when people think that what we do at anime conventions is really cool and they're interested in finding out more about it and then they're like oh yeah my son likes this stuff yeah when right they find out what's going on yeah and then they'll go home and say they say son i saw one of those cartoons that you like yeah. today <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly all right. Should we end it there? Yes. I think we've yeah. talked about how much we hate convention goers enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what con month usually turns into, doesn't it? Con, con month is usually how much we hate conventions and con goers. But and we don't. We love you guys and we and we, we love anime behave. conventions. We love yeah. anime conventions. We just like it's it's just so much better. To talk about how you all misbehave. <laughs> and not all of you, because obviously not everybody can misbehave. Right. But people... And we should probably we should probably also remind our listeners of the golden rule, soap and deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there like someone on the anime boss's social group on Facebook that like was like trying to feel offended by that? I'm like it's common sense. Yeah. Hygiene. No, Maybe. you, Are you, yeah, offended yeah, no, you about should definitely that? do that. <laughs> I have the right to stink in public. I don't care what you think. I love showers, man. Showers feel great. So. Yeah. You know what? Especially after a concert. I showered this morning after the Skinny Lister show, and it was the best shower I ever took in my entire life. <laughs> it's like all my muscles tensed up from being so angry about the people in the audience who were who were moshing into me. And then all that muscle, all those muscles just relaxed this morning once the hot water hit me. Agreed. <laughs> Same. I don't know if that's going to stay in the recording. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Uh, we don't have any fan service. Yay. I, I don't think. So um, So we are just going to go on to the next thing. Which is shameless, shameless plugs, plugs, right? Well, so the next episode that you hear, it's going to be the post-Anime Boston episode. Yeah, right? so here's how it's going to go. It's two and a half weeks to Anime Boston. We're going to make the post-con podcast after Anime Boston ends, but I have to edit it for that Monday. So I have to record it and edit it all in the same weekend. Wow. So, 
Uh, if you guys want to join in on the conversation, talk about conventions, and talk about stories about how people misbehave at conventions, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews, all one word. And also, answer if anybody can answer any of those existential questions that I asked that was that created dead air on our podcast, just answer those. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime, where we post news, convention info, uh, updates, funny things we see on the internet, whatever, like literally everything that we post is, we love to use Facebook. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash wicked anime. You can also find us at nerdyshow.com slash wicked anime, where you can find our podcasts, where you are either listening to it there right now, iTunes, and other places where you can listen to podcasts. Stitcher, Audio Boom, any place that's not SoundCloud. Yeah, not anymore, unfortunately. Yep. It's really, really unfortunate and sad because we had a very big and good following on SoundCloud. But hopefully they followed us to other places. Yes, and you can still listen to us. I think iTunes gets a pretty good thing. So if you, and remember, if you rate and review us on iTunes and give us a fat five-star, fat, big fat five-star rating and write us a nice review, we'll read it on the show. So, uh, you can also find our videos on nerdyshow.com, but you want to find our videos over at youtube.com slash wickedanimereviews so that we can get our funding back. <laughs> <laughs> it might, it's probably not going to happen, but it's, it's nice to dream. So, uh, you can give us that subscribe over on, on youtube.com and maybe see our, our, uh, our numbers go up and, and whatever and see the cool videos that we may or may not be releasing. Uh, you can also find us on all the social medias. You can find us at Twitter and tweet at us at Yo Wicked Anime. We had, you know, Wicked fan Scott tweeting us, and we had Mike tweeting us uh, this, these past couple weeks. So just keep tweeting us, guys, and we will do our best to get back to you because uh, Twitter's pretty fun and pretty easy to use. You can also find us at Tumblr at wickedanime.tumblr.com. Sometimes you can find us find it playing Senran Kagura over at Wicked Anaplay at twitch.tv.com. And Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh,. I think I think that's everything. Maybe, sure. Evan. All right. So for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you are in a band and want to be featured on our No Borders No Race podcast, you can write to us at the Bastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter at KingBabyDuckESH and at KingBabyDuckESH on the J-Pop, Video Games, and Anime Amido pages. And on B3Crew.tumblr.com, which is our Tumblr page, you can like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and Facebook.com slash Land of Ash. And don't forget about all the other uh, websites under the Land of Ash, including the Electric Sisterhood. Phil's Recap and Review, and Smash Rook. And I want to make a note that I, I know we didn't bring it up when we were talking about the show, but Skitty Lister has invited us for the next time that they're in the Boston area for us to do another podcast with them. We're going to do the coin flip, hopefully with the Wicked Anime crew in tow. Woo! That's us. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, next time you listen to our show, it is going to be post-Anime Boston, and we'll hopefully have a lot to talk about. I'm so looking forward to Anime Boston. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we will see a lot of you there. We have to finish our panels. We do. Yeah. We seriously have to do Who Cringe Last. And 
um, at this very moment of recording. But probably by the time you hear this, we will know. But at this very moment, we do not know if we're press yet, still. I can almost guarantee we're press. I hope so. Me too. <laughs> um, so, yes. Uh, next time you listen to us, we will be uh, very tired and we will be very sore and old. And we will um, be... But we will be... Buried in thousands of dollars worth of merch that we probably don't need, but we'll yeah. be very happy with. All that wasted money, gone, and happy for a moment, and then it's fleeted. No, I'm still really happy about my animation cells. Like, yeah. that that's, like, the one thing that I've bought that I'm just, like, I'm so glad I bought those. Yep, you can talk about them all in the next episode, Andrew. You can tell us which ones you got. I will. Finish out con month, and then we'll be back onto your regularly scheduled Wicked Anime terribleness that you can listen to all the time. Eat up that ter- terribleness... Yeah. So the only way we know how. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye. So, uh, yeah, that's true. We gotta look at the So, yeah, and we have to get the next few episodes downloaded because apparently there's a really awesome, uh, what was it, draw that sound? Yeah, draw that sound. Yeah, I didn't watch that episode, but it has something to do with eating, right? Because you said don't eat dinner while watching this episode. Well, it's that doesn't have to do with eating, but there's an action on there that occurs that will make you hope that you're not eating. Is this it's the like grease really one? Gross. Is this the grease one? It is the grease one. It's the grease episode. Okay. Okay. So I'm familiar with the grease episode, yeah, and I it's like too. pimple popping, right? Yeah. Not just. A pimple pop. I know. Is it? It's when he like squeezes his face, right? Yep. It is yeah. that clip that would be great for draw that sound. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Nobody would ever get that. That was like, yeah, I know they would. Uh, that was like the episode of, or that was the chapter of Junji Ito that I read, and I was just like, yeah, like, because, <laughs> because, yeah. because, like, uh, I hate Greece. Yeah. To begin with, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Greece is one of the most disgusting things that we've the human society has ever made in the face of the planet. Yeah. So, like, just reading that whole chapter like made me really uncomfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. We should do an episode of a video episode of Wicked Anime where we try to live off of drinking cooking oil. That's <laughs> disgusting. That'll be the follow-up episode to try to go camping with only the instructions of laid-back camp, <laughs> which I think would be a great, uh, great video. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.